Yes, expensive is my least favorite word. I am not really woo about a lot of things, but I'm very woo about money. And I think that we have to be careful about the way we talk about money, especially if we have a hard time making it. So the word expensive implies that you don't sort of recognize and value the value that somebody else is placing on something that they're selling. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Our co-host today is Jody Mayberry from JodyMayberry.com. Hello again, Jody. Hi, Jared. We are fortunate today to speak with none other than Shanae Howard. Shanae is a branding expert who helps create undeniably mind-blowing, awe-inspiring brands. Shanae helps entrepreneurs do the right stuff to sell more products, get more clients, and have more fun doing the work they love. She does what she does because she doesn't want anyone to feel like they are not good enough to do the work they truly want to do. Shanae, Jody and I are fans of your minty fresh posts. Welcome to the show. Oh, wow. That was a fantastic introduction. I need you guys around all the time, just everywhere to introduce me. That was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> well, even if you don't mean that, we appreciate you saying that. So, <laughs> so one question we like to ask everyone, Shanae, is what is the best concert that you have ever been to? The Backstreet Boys. Come on. <laughs> best day of my life. Couldn't speak for like a week because I had screamed so loud. <laughs> Yes, this was like two years ago. So, like, back to boys in like 2013 or 12. Best concert ever. Best day of my life. Easiest question ever. So. I'm sure Jody can relate. I can't. But all right, today we'll go into blank versus blank. We're going to give you a couple options, and if you'd be willing to pick one and maybe a short reason why. And Jody, if you'd kick us off. Sure, Shanae, we're going to start with TV. Orchard Black versus Archer. So I think Archer, just because like Orange is the New Black is very much a sort of like very intense experience watching it. And I just watch Archer all the time, just leisurely. And I can't really do that with Orange is the New Black. Also, there's less episodes. So that counts against it as well. So Archer. <laughs> okay. Let's talk guilty pleasure, sticking with blank versus blank. Guilty pleasure, green smoothie versus ice cream cone. Hmm. It's about what kind of person I want to be that day, huh? Let's see. <laughs> um, definitely, I love ice cream. So definitely ice cream is my guilty. And then green smoothies are everyday, normal things. So if I'm going for a guilty pleasure, it's going to be ice cream. Good choice. Since you chose an ice cream cone, let's move into walking. Would you rather <laughs> walk in the woods or take a walk in the mall? Oh, my gosh, the mall. Uh, nature. <laughs> Me and nature are not the best of friends. I don't even like grass on my ankles. So walking through nature just like makes me super, I love it. I love nature. I think it's great. And I really hate the mall, but I just feel like I would be in my natural habitat mall than in nature. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's talk about business. Blank versus blank. Statue versus dragon. Dragon. Dragons are the best, and that's what our businesses are. They are dragons, like you <laughs> said. It's like they're uncontrollable. I think it'd be nice if our businesses were statues, and like we're super stagnant, but it'd also be kind of boring, so definitely dragons. Shanae, which is more important, doing what you want versus doing what you love? Love you guys. This is fantastic. So validating. Um, <laughs> doing what you want, for sure. 100%. I think to 
to talk about this a little bit. I think, yeah, we often get caught up in that, but it's like, I just think of, I have a lot of friends who are actors and, you know, technically they're trying to do they love, which is acting, which is great. But in the meantime, they're like super broke. They just don't love their life. And it's like, at that point, is it even worth it? And then I have another friend who is an actor who I think you probably know her, Melissa Casera. And she has a popular and amazing, you know, six figure PR business and she acts on the side. So I think that when you're going into business, you have to first think about what you want your life to look like and know that you can always have love be a part of it, but sort of the quality of your life is always going to make you happier. And there's plenty of stories of rock stars and actors and famous people who show that as well. So, yes. Yeah, well said. Let's do finish this sentence. We're going to give you the beginning of a sentence and you just finish it. The first one is, if you want to remember something blank so if you want to remember something write it down and tell a friend so i'm obsessed with this idea of when you want like something to happen if you want to remember something or anything to get a producer of whatever that thing is so for example if i want to remember to send a an email or send a mail or something i tell my assistant that i'm going to send it she becomes a producer. We have a sort of a reminder in the calendar, which obviously I didn't do this time, but usually that's what we do when we want to remember something. So, yes, if I want to remember something, write it down and tell somebody else about it. Sinead, you recently spoke at Pioneer Nation in Portland, which is where you and I met. Can you tell us how that was? How was the event and how was it to speak in front of the crowd? was amazing. It was terrifying. I was in the fetal position most of Thursday when I talked. <laughs> um, just like in the corner, not talking to anybody until I went on. I taught a workshop at two and like, and then I spoke at what, like four or five and it was awesome, but I like hadn't eaten. <laughs> so like after I talked, I like ate maybe like, I think I literally ate two hamburgers. It was like ridiculous. I was so hungry because I was just like high on endorphins and I hadn't eaten. So it was fantastic. I think it went really, really well. I loved the event. I loved meeting all of you amazing people. It was incredible. I still have a little high off of it. So it was great. So, Sinead, you have a fabulous story about scrapping up enough money to attend World Domination Summit. And we fast forward just a couple years later, and you're presenting and teaching at Pioneer Nation. Would you be willing to share that with the listeners? Yeah, so uh, in 2011, it was like really sort of the first full year that I was in business. I was living at my parents' house, and I wanted to go to this event. So I was like, well, this is this guy's book that I read. I really want to go. I really want to talk to him. I just really want to sort of thank him for everything that he's done for my business. And I didn't have any money at that point. My business was just doing like not well. It was I call them my working the pole days. I was just like making enough to get by, but not really sort of like enough <laughs> to actually like go to anything. And so I started the Kickstarter campaign. I don't know if Kickstarter was around back then, but it definitely wasn't as popular as it is now. So I basically kickstarted it myself. I had gifts and the whole thing. And I just like raised all this money <laughs> to go to World Domination Summit. And then two days before I go to leave, I am going to go get contacts, a pair of contacts so that I could see, you know, and I couldn't pay for the contacts. 
But I'm like, what the hell? This is like three, three bucks. This isn't, should be, it shouldn't be a problem. And it turns out that literally, I don't even know if you guys said this in the presentation, but literally a couple of hours before I made the transfer from PayPal to my account, literally, if I would have waited just a couple of hours <laughs> to catch them PayPal, I would have been fine. But because I had made that transfer over and I had just some credit card debt, some crazy money things happening because I was so broke, I had a garnishment of wages, which means they come and they take all the money that they need for in order to make up that debt. And it was a student loan debt. So, like, they didn't even have nearly as much as they needed to take, but they took all of it. So all the money that I worked so hard to raise was gone. Just, like, gone, 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 no money. I had, like, I think they're, like, nice about it, and they leave you, like, $5. And I'm just like, just take it. Take the $5. It's not going to help me any. Because it means I can get a Big Mac to drown my tears, you know? <laughs> it's just like, whatever, take it. And um, I didn't know if I was going to be able to go. Luckily, I have a fantastic family, and they all got together and were like, okay, go like my family and my friends just like sort of gave me all their donations and stuff like that for me to go in 2011 and so I ended up being able to go I mean it was a fun trip but it was definitely very an anxious time for me I was very stressed out I didn't know how I was gonna just make money because it wasn't just money that I raised for that it was all my money period and I was living at my parents house which was great but I still didn't know what I was gonna do and so 2011 went by and I decided to do a hundred people project because I was so confused as to sort of what I was going to do next. So I did this hundred people project where I talked to a hundred people and got some clarity and ended up starting my own course the next year. And I guess the rest is history. And then in 2013, after my business had been going, I was finally out of hustle mode and doing well, 100 people project and making my money and stuff. And I could actually afford to go to Pioneer Nation by myself. Um, Chris came to me and asked me if I wanted to speak and tell my story. And that's basically how I got there. Is that good? Is that what you wanted to know? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Could you explain the 100 People Project? Sure. So the 100 People Project, um, like I said, was born out of desperation. I didn't have any money and I didn't know sort of what to do in order to make money in a way that like didn't make me want to just like go crazy, like, you know, just jump out of my van. I just was like so like stressed that I didn't know what to do. So I just started talking to people and hoping that by talking to people, I would sort of get clarity about my next step. So the 100 People Project is just basically me talking to 100 people for 15 minutes. And I'd ask them questions. Sometimes I would just let them talk. And through that process, I was able to identify my ideal customer. I was able to identify who I didn't want to work with. I got lots of sales copy from it. It just was the best thing I've ever done for my business. Um, and that's, yeah, it's very, very simple. You just talk to people for 15 minutes and... You collect the data, you get sort of what you need from it, and then you move on to the next person and the next person. And that's really sort of what helped me sell out my first launch because so many of the people that I talked to in my 100 people project ended up taking the class because I basically designed what they wanted. So, yeah. Man, that's smart. I don't know where you got that idea for the 100 people project, but you obviously had a big idea. And let's talk a little bit about that. Would you be willing to explain the typical life cycle of a big idea? And then how can someone break that cycle? Okay, so the typical sort of lifestyle, but lifestyle, or the life cycle of a big idea is that you sort of have a, a good idea and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, 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 I have this amazing, incredible idea. 
And so you get into sort of like the planning stage of this idea, like setting up all the pieces and just like thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. You know, papers and notebooks and notebooks full of thoughts. You know, for me, it's like Pinterest boards. Like I create Pinterest boards inspired by like these ideas. And then you sort of get to the point where it's time to execute the ideas. And by that point, you have burned out all, burnt off all of that fun energy that you have, like all that excitement has been sort of drowned, not just because of time, because usually it's just like kind of like when you're in a relationship, it's like there's a spike and you're like all about that person and then it starts to go away. That happens with an idea, except it's like you get hit by logistics. So logistics make it even worse. But all of a sudden, it's not about like the sort of flowery, oh my God, this idea is awesome. It's more like, okay, I actually have to call people, I have to do things, I have to do this. And it's just like not as sexy as the original idea. And so once that sort of sex appeal of the idea is gone, everything else seems to go down. And then all of a sudden, your cat has an earache. You can't find your shoe. Like all these little things end up making it figure out idea doesn't happen and then after that rest in peace idea there's no the idea doesn't happen and that's what happens to the majority of ideas out there and I think the best way to break that is like what I said earlier is like having a big idea producer somebody that you talk to about it and then also sort of like not planning a ton that's the biggest problem people have with ideas like as soon as you get that like excited like sexy high off your idea you need to go straight into execution mode like do whatever you can do now for example i am creating a fictional web series that's like outside of my business and i didn't plan for it i just i went in and i wrote the script first i was like the first thing i did i was like okay i'm gonna write this get it out sort of the biggest piece of work which is like the actual script was done by the time i started to hit my dip so as soon as you have an idea, think about how you can execute it in some way, even if it's a small way, because that keeps the high going. And you don't have to sort of pick your idea up from this place of like, I'm already like tired of this idea. It's already super frustrating. I'm overwhelmed. It's more like, well, I'm already up here. I'm already at this high. I've already accomplished this big thing for my idea. I'm just going to keep going. So yeah, having an accountability and also sort of like seriously just starting. So like, 100 people product. A lot of people I talk to about the Pioneer Nation thing, they ask me sort of like a lot of questions about the Pioneer Project and like how I did it or whatever. And I was like, you know what? Like if you keep planning it, if you keep sort of like thinking about I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, you're not going to do it. Like you just need to like go home, put up your scheduler and talk to somebody tomorrow. And that's like the best way to make sure that you get your 100 people project done is to sort of like have your momentum going now. instead of, And then you can take a step back and be like, okay, so how is this going to work? So, yeah. That's sort of my suggestions for making ideas happen. That's good. You mentioned that shoes sometimes keep people from launching their project. You'd be surprised how many times I've been derailed by not finding my shoes. Yes, like I can't find my slipper, so I'm in balance. So I'm just going to go take a nap now. <laughs> That's basically what happens. So if somebody feels they are struggling with doing the same things over and over, how can they break out? So whenever I feel like I'm struggling with doing the same things over and over again to break out, I sort of am sort of like the queen of like projects. So when I'm like, I'm doing the whole thing ever all over, I'm like, well, I'm going to make a challenge. I'm going to do a challenge or I'm going to do a project or I'm going to do something fun to inject whatever I'm doing with some new things. So example is with my newsletter. Um, I got so tired of writing my newsletter every week, even though I loved it. I was just doing this over and over every week. I need something to sort of break my pattern. So I was like, well, I'm going to start, I'm going to do a podcast. Or I'm going to like do some sort of audio diary thing. And that sort of was something, a new sort of injection of energy into something I'd already done a bunch of times before. So I just started recording these little 
audios instead of my normal newsletter a while ago. And now it's sort of like my go-to if I'm like a week like this week where I'm writing thousands and thousands of pages of or thousands and thousands of words of copy and I just need a break from writing. I go to that sort of like a way to change it up a little. So if there's anything that you're doing over and over again, think of a way to make a challenge out of it, sort of inject it with another medium. I know I did a challenge because I was like tired of Facebook for a little while. I was like, okay, what would, would happen if I sort of focus all my marketing efforts on Instagram? Like, what does that look like? Sort of asking yourself that type of thing when you're sort of in a rut is sort of how I get myself out of like the famous dream. Yeah. Mm. Sinead, you mentioned something earlier that, that really resonated with me, and you're talking about perfection, and sometimes you just got to go and, and make that call with someone tomorrow. So what is the danger of waiting for a moment, product, or website to be perfect? Oh, uh, wow, there's so much danger. So I call it wedding dress syndrome. So <laughs> wedding dress, there's this show, I guess you guys probably, I don't know, you might know it or not. Um, it's called Say It's the Dress. And the, these women, they go to store after store after store after store looking for the perfect, perfect, perfect dress. And I always have just been like, what the heck? Because it's not even like, that's not really the part they need to be worried about. Like, they need to be worried about the marriage, given all the statistics and stuff like that. Like, the wedding dress is just the beginning. And that's what it is for most products and offers and everything. It's like, when we put an offer online, we just, like, put it out there and we're like, this is my opus. Like, this is my thing. This is my Mona Lisa. This is, like, everything. And it's never like that because we're, like waiting for perfection to happen and then we keep working and tweaking and tweaking, we're going to ultimately be disappointed with the result, which is, I think, what happens with a lot of the problems with weddings and marriages is that, like, people spend so much time on, like, the wedding and the engagement and the preparing or whatever that it doesn't live up to, you know, the day-to-day of actually being married because it's like they focus on making the wrong thing perfect when they really should have been sort of being like, okay, I'm going to get married to somebody I love and I'm, the rest, that's when the work is going to start. And that's what really happens with any product or offer I have. It's like when I put it out there, uh, it's always just the beginning. I always revise it. I always change it. I always redo it. I've never had a product that's just gone out there the way it is and stayed there. So I think that the danger in that is getting disappointed, sort of wasting time because you're going to end up changing it and modifying it anyway. Uh, I'd be surprised if you didn't. And also sort of missing out on the awesomeness of it. Like, business is fun. Creating products and services is fun. Like, doing new things is fun. And if you're focused on making every single thing perfect, you're just, like, missing out on fun you could be having by moving on and doing new things. So that's sort of how I feel about the perfection thing. When you told your story about going to WDS for the first time, you could have easily just said, this is too expensive. I don't have the money. I'm not going to do it. But you chose to make the investment in yourself. Why should people not use the word expensive? Yes, expensive is my least favorite word. I am not really woo about a lot of things, but I'm very woo about money. And I think that we have to be careful about the way we talk about money, especially if we have a hard time making it. So the word expensive implies that you don't sort of recognize and value the value that somebody else is placing on something that they're selling, which is something you would never want to happen to you, which is why I hate the word so much. So like if 
I would never want people to call my stuff expensive. I would just want them to be like, that's how much she is and that's the way it is. That's how she rolls. But if you're in the practice of like calling other things expensive, it just makes it so that other people are going to call your stuff expensive because you have sort of the wrong mindset around money exchange. So anytime I find myself calling something expensive, I always check myself and say, that's more than I want to spend right now. And it makes a huge difference because it all of a sudden, you know, gives you better power because I am a firm believer that if you really, really want something, you can make it happen. Like if you really, 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 really want to buy something, I've heard of people selling couches, taking out new mortgages on their houses, doing all sorts of things to do all sorts of things. So if there's something you really want to buy, I mean like beyond like an island, which I'm sure there's a way to figure that out. But <laughs> but like, if you want to get a car, if you want to buy this product, if you want to do this thing that is expensive, there's always a way to, or it feels expensive to you. There's always a way to do it if you can sort of think of things, everything around you as it's something that I am willing to pay for right now and put the energy into buying versus something I'm not willing to put the energy into in buying. So I just think that's super, super important. It's just an easy money clarity exercise that anybody can do that just makes a huge difference. Like whenever I'm really conscious about practicing that, I end up making a lot more money because I don't know, it's like, I don't really know the things of the universe, but I think it's because it makes me value my stuff more and it makes me less likely to cheapen what I do because I recognize the value in others. So that's my spiel on money. (laughs) So today, based (laughs) off that, let's do a true or false. If someone is presented with two identical items, let's say white t-shirts they will pay more for the one that makes them feel something. Right. Exactly. 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 So, like, if you have two white T-shirts and there's one the white T-shirt and it's, like, a whatever, the white T-shirt that has a story to it that's going to make you feel different, that has a story attached to it, they will buy that one because people want things of value. And the thing about that is that you want people who do have value to things. So if you have two people, you know, two t-shirts, there are going to be people who are going to pick the cheaper t-shirt or the less expensive t-shirt. But your clients are not those people. That's the hardest for people to sort of wrap their heads around is that they have a choice. Like we all think that we're just pulling from the same pool of people who have that sort of broke mindset, but we're really not. Like there are people who are legitimately going to pick the other shirt. So that's the other thing there is too, that there will be people that will pick the shirt that's less expensive and your people are people who are not going to the people who care about it more so and that's who we're marketing to we're not marketing to people who are not going to recognize the value of our stuff we're marketing to people who will jared and i know you've got some great projects coming up and i've heard that you're going to do something new with the 100 people project can you tell us about that sure so yes I have a rebrand coming out. My whole site is going to be changing completely. It's going to be the sexiest, most beautiful thing ever. Not that I am biased or anything. And (laughs) then the 100 People Project, just based off of all the feedback I got from Pioneer Nation, I'm working on sort of like a 100 People Project starter kit. It's basically just everything you need to keep 100 People Project getting just going now and with a huge emphasis on what I told you before of like not super planning your 100 People Project. I sort of want it to be a product that you go through once, like you read it once and then all of a sudden you're ready to go and you can start and then go back and refine and tweak and all that good stuff. So that should be coming soon. I've been working on it and I'm excited to get it out. So, yeah. 
Shanae, is that part of the web series or is that something different? Oh, and the web series. Oh, no, it's totally different. I know, I'm busy. Very busy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's the 100 People Project. That's one thing. And then the whole other thing is this web series I'm co-creating with a friend here in Austin, Texas. It's called Did You Meet Any Boys? And it's based off of my conversations with my mother, who has just joined Facebook, so likes to find clues in every status or Instagram photos that go up about me, my dating life (laughs) here in Austin. And so that's what it's about. And it's something totally new. It's a total sort of what we talked about earlier. I'm doing what I want now. And so now I'm adding some of, you know, and I love what I do. Clearly, I love business, something I'm really passionate about. But I have a huge, like, place in my heart for fiction and comedy and series and stuff like that so it's me finally doing that which is really really exciting and yes I'm writing it and I guess I'm like sort of a showrunner for it and we actually have casting the first week in May so we're going on that as well so yes Who is doing something that interests you? So I am actually not a big business follower. So I don't, this is a decision I made very early on in my business. So I don't really follow any business blogs or any sort of like marketing blogs or whatever. So the things I'm usually interested in are like pop culture and like directors, things and stuff like that. So the thing that I've been liking is going to sound totally random. But I am really into movie campaigns, and I've been really loving the way that they've been promoting the new Godzilla movies. <laughs> and it's like that type of stuff is what inspires me in my own work, just sort of like the strategy they're using, the way they sort of revealed what Godzilla looks like, story, and like the marketing, some of the underground stuff that they're doing has been really inspirational for me. So yeah, that's the type of, I'm kind of a weirdo like that. I don't follow other blogs because yeah, I get in my head. So I really like to look to stuff like that. I also like to look at the art of the title, which is a website that shows sort of how title sequences are created on movies and stuff like that. And I also really enjoyed the Captain American movie. That inspired me as well. So probably not what you're looking for, but um, that's literally what I get my inspiration from and what I like. So, yeah. And starting to wrap up here, what is the best place for the listeners who want to get shiz done, <laughs> stay connected with everything that you're doing online? Uh, it's com, And if you do HNA, just type it in on Google. I'm everywhere. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Everything is stationary. And if you want to check out my personal blog, it's allcapsexcited.com. So, yes, those are my links. Janae, we have had a fabulous time talking to you today. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Go outside. <laughs> Go outside. Have some fun today. Walk your dog. Because I had to tell myself that today because I've been working on coffee to go outside and see the world. So if you're a business owner, you know what I'm talking about. Go outside. So that's it. Go outside. <laughs> just keep the grass off your ankles. Yeah. Just avoid the grass. It's dangerous. <laughs> go outside. Drive to the mall and take a walk. Exactly. Exactly. Get uh, Auntie Annie's pretzel and relax. <laughs> Sinead, we really appreciate it. Best wishes to you and your business. Thank you so much.
myself calling something expensive, I always check myself and say, that's more than I want to spend right now. And it makes a huge difference because it all of a sudden, you know, gives you better power. Because I am a firm believer that if you really, really want something, you can make it happen.